was like not prepared to be without me for 45 minutes not <laughs> that oh my goodness <laughs> yeah. god forbid right i know um my family's always prepared for that because i'm just like i lock myself in the bedroom and i'm like see you later <laughs> yeah that's usually what i do too but everybody was like you're leaving what <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, we didn't record last week, so they're probably like out of rhythm, out of right. not expecting it. So, yeah, and that was um, last week was just kind of hectic. I had like a weird mental health week. No, but... what happened? Or you don't have to talk about it, I guess. Right? No, like I'm an overbook. Um, I don't know. I so I take antidepressants and Prozac in particular. And it's fine. I just went up to uh, 40 milligrams from 20. And it's fine. But there's just still some days where I, like, can't rein it in. And I had, like, the most insane anxiety attack. Like, probably up there, like, one of the worst ones I've had yet. And it wasn't even that big of a deal. Like, I think Eric said, oh, God, what did he say? You can hear my family fighting in the background. Sorry. (laughs) But um, I don't know. Eric said something to me about like needing to pay off the credit cards. And for some reason, like that rang in my head as like, we're 100% broke. We don't have any money left. We're all done. And we spent all our money already. And that's it. And he was like, that's not, that's not what's happening. We just need to pay off the credit cards. Yeah. (laughs) That big of a deal. And I don't know, like in my head, it you just kind of something took it... totally different. Yeah, and and then it just like took off from there, and I couldn't, I just couldn't get a, a rein in on it, and I was like hyperventilating. My whole body was shaking. It got to the point where like it wasn't even about the issue anymore. Like my body completely took over, and my brain just gave up, and like I couldn't feel my face. I couldn't, I couldn't feel my hands. Like my legs were going numb. I was getting dizzy like it was it was the craziest anxiety attack and like I was just telling Eric like I can't I can't I can't breathe I can't read it in I don't know what to do like at that point like I said my brain just gave up and my body took over and I couldn't stop it and it was just like super gnarly and something that like that can take like a couple days for me to recover from and so like I was just in a fog for a couple days and it was just crazy <laughs> for me. Holy um, and it oh, especially so sucks. Sorry. It especially sucks because like of how well I, I'm doing now on Prozac. Granted, Prozac is an antidepressant. Fluoxetine is the actual name for it. Um, it's an antidepressant, so it's not an anti-anxiety medication. My doctor and I agreed that uh, we're not gonna go for the anti-anxiety medications because they can just be like addictive and um, my doctor knows that I self-medicate with cannabis to help um, control my anxiety, and he's very supportive of that. So he's on board, and we have this kind of agreement of our plan for my anxiety, right? So I don't take anxiety meds, um, but I just I, I just couldn't rein it in. Usually with the Prozac, I, I do really well, and I'm like mellowed out so much since taking starting taking them and then it just sucks to have like a meltdown you know and then be down for the count pretty much for three days because I had this major anxiety attack and 
it just sucks it sucks and then like my kids know obviously my daughter like came in and she was like sitting on top of me rubbing my cheeks oh what is that movie have you ever seen that movie this is so dumb it's a kid's movie I don't know but she was pretty much sitting on top of me like rubbing my face oh it was from trolls actually rubbing my face um and being like shh it's okay like even she was like trying to help bring it in and it sucks like that my kids see that I know I grew up seeing my mom struggle with her mental health so that's not an easy thing to see and but I just could like it's not like I could just calm down because my kids were there it just wouldn't it just wouldn't stop and it sucks and at that point it just gets scary when you feel like you've lost complete control over your mind and body and um it sucked it sucked so I had a rough week um last week I think I tried to post about it on our Instagram but um I'd never have service apparently the entire state of Arizona hates T-Mobile and I just never have service anymore <laughs> fuck Arizona yeah. no I'm just kidding I love Arizona but <laughs> no me a... too <laughs> but I'd um, never have service anywhere <laughs> yeah well I think you know where I stand is that I think that it's okay to have episodes like that as long as um they're not too often I think it's important for our kids to see like how we handle those things and how the people around us help us because then they'll be aware of what to do if they have someone in their life you know later down the road suffer from something like that and I don't I think it's um all too often we we think that that like the magic pill is going to fix everything once and for all and it's not And so, um, and I know that you're like, obviously really good about balancing things like that, but don't beat yourself up too much because you know, it happens, it's inevitable, it's life and, um, your kids are going to be, I think more intelligent and stronger for it. Just especially because, um, you know, I feel like Eric is really supportive of you and he, he can help them through that too. Mm-hmm. that is definitely um like a blessing in my life is that Eric is a saint when it comes to that kind of stuff like you know sometimes he'll get a little bit frustrated about it and he'll walk away and then he'll come back to me and say all the right things and do all the right things and um this last time it was just kind of like I just needed to get everything that was in my brain out of my brain and so I just sat there and he just listened to me for like an hour and a half and it was like word vomit of all everything that I have anxiety about the last like three months pretty much since we've been living in our trailer and um you know it just I know like when I was a kid and I'd see my mom act like that I would just kind of freak out freak out and now I see my kids um and they're like they kind of snap into like (laughs) caretaker mode like yeah yeah, yeah. and then I know that's not their job and I would never expect it to be their job but no but as long uh, as you keep a good open conversation about it and and say like okay so mommy you know went through this and I really want to appreciate you for being there and you know sometimes it happens and this is what we do and um handle it that way because because then they won't see it as like they're feeling helpless like they can't help you or you know well and I also you know I think I think this is like a generational thing with our parents age but it was kind of like a you don't talk about it sort of thing 
um, my dad was bipolar and it was like, I don't ever think the word bipolar was ever like spoken in our house. Um, and you know, my mom struggles with chronic depression and anxiety and that was never talked about. Um, and, and so I grew up with it being this like, no, no topic. We don't need to tell people. And I feel like I grew up with a toxic mindset towards mental health issues um, and so now I'm really, and, and, and I don't expect my kids to not have mental health issues, right? Because it, it's gone on for generations in my family, at least. I'm not 100% sure about Eric's. It's going to be important for them to see how we handle mental health because they're going to have to handle it in their lifetime, you know, whether it be them or somebody else. I 100% think that the our parents' generation is just like an ent- almost an entire generation walking around with undiagnosed mental health problems. Yeah. Yeah. Because 100%. yeah, it was it was taboo especially in like, you know, where I was raised in a brown person family and like that is we don't talk about it. It's it's you like push through you wake up you get through your day anyways no matter what it takes and like it's unacceptable to show any signs of weakness blah de blah de blah mm-hmm. but like I think we should rename our podcast Prozac Friends because <laughs> yeah. I am now on Prozac oh, as well congratulations thank you and I have seen you know I'm I'm very self-aware yeah at least I like to think so and so I'm trying to see how it's affecting me I think it's helping a little bit. I do struggle with a little bit of anxiety too. Um, I It's affected my sleep in the last year or so because it's gotten so out of control. Yeah. And it just got to a point where I couldn't manage it on my own. Like my coping strategies, whether they were healthy or not, were not working anymore. And um, I just, it started seeping into my just overall health because I was losing sleep and brain fog. I was getting forgetful of things, which is very uncharacteristic of me. Yeah. And, um, so, so yeah. Um, Prozac friends. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm actually in a support group on Facebook. It's called fluoxetine support group. And, um, it's basically just the whole Facebook group of people who take Prozac. And we're totally in the generation of like, being aware of mental health you know I feel like we saw our parents struggle with mental health but not talk about it and you know now in our generation we talk so much about breaking generational trauma and breaking the chain and blah 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 and so now we're like hyper aware of our mental health it spirals into so many different things I'm so happy to talk about my mental health and my struggles with it. Um, I'm happy to talk about anything if at least one person that listens to this out of our loyal 14 listeners. Yeah, if just one person like can relate to it, that's worth it for me with opening up. Absolutely. So I and if anybody like wants to reach out to me or either of us on Instagram, like we'd be so happy to, to hear from you and to chat with you because it's a really important topic and I love I love actually talking about it. Yeah, I it's I think it's important um especially now to feel like you have community in a healthy way and you know we I think we're both open to that. So please if you ever feel like you want to reach out, please do. I think it's good for us to talk about mental health especially the big topic that we covered um 2 weeks ago. 
Um, I think it. I think it's important to kind of follow up that episode with a mental health episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. To be honest um, with you. Yeah, that's exactly where I was headed with that next sentence, and um, so it actually that ties in really well with the topic that we chose for this episode. But I I had like a really funny story to tell, and so I'm gonna lighten it up just a little bit. Um, so everyone that listens now knows that I have a competitive dancer daughter. And so we started our weekend on Friday and just like rounding it back to mental health every, so she goes from Friday to Sunday, Friday about usually about five or 6 PM. And then we leave Sunday around like four ish. So we're there all weekend Thursdays. I have to just be in my head all day mentally preparing myself for the like crazy things that fly out of her mouth (laughs) she's not she's not like terrible she's actually you know she's really a good kid and she doesn't you know get upset with me in front of people like she keeps her her anger and her stress to a minimum um in a sense that she doesn't direct it at me yeah, that's great. She For does, a teenager, that's great. Yeah, she. I mean, she does. Like, at home, it's definitely a thing. Um, but when we're in front of people, she kind of reels it in. And um, But anyway, so we had this long-ass weekend. I drank wine, which I don't normally do. Wine is not a favorite of mine. Like, I can drink tequila. I can drink vodka, like, all day long and be okay. But I had a half a glass of wine. And I was hungover for the entire weekend. No. And I posted on my story. My takeover day was Friday, which is when, like, I went silent dark for, like, a good four hours because we were preparing for it. Yeah. And um, my last post of the day was, am I a drunky monkey or a sober (laughs) Sally? And I was definitely very much drunk. Um, But everyone. That's so funny because I guess the sober Sally. You did. That's so funny. I know everyone did. Not one person answered that poll that I was a drunky monkey. But um, anyway, you look so great in that picture. Well, thank you. I didn't feel great. Um, And so uh, no, I actually felt really horrible. And I I feel bad because um, a good friend of mine that we I kind of hung out with all weekend bought wine specifically for that weekend for us. She even went so far as to ask me, like, do you like red or white? She likes red. I said, I can't do red because it makes me hungover. So I prefer white, which evidently now I get hungover on white wine, too. So that's a no-go for me anymore. That could be a Prozac thing. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that could be a Prozac thing. Okay. That makes me feel a lot better. Which I learned from the support group on Facebook, girl. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah, you got (laughs) to add me to that. Yeah. Um, okay. So then Sunday rolls around and I'm like dead tired. I had to both nights, both Friday night and Saturday night. I took two Benadryl PMs to go to sleep. Cause I just was not, I was hungover. <laughs> yeah. I was hungover before I even got home Friday. It was terrible. And, uh, so Sunday rolls around and all I want to do is get home. And I knew we were recording today. So I was like, I really just, she was done at three o'clock or something like that. We had plenty of time to get home and we're sitting there next to this, like this little hallway 
um, it was at the Hyatt in Bellevue, which is a really, really nice hotel. And they have this seating area um, as you're walking down the hall to the 13 coins that's attached to restaurant. I love 13 coins. Yes. Um, so we were sitting there, me, my aunt, my daughter, my friend and her, her daughter. Um, well, they left, my friend and her daughter left and we were just kind of there waiting for some food that my daughter ordered. And there was this lady sitting by herself, like very dressed. She was dressed to the nine. She was very gorgeous looking and she was just all by herself. Mm -hmm. And she kept looking over at us and I was like, should I say something or would that be weird? And these two ladies and their uh, one of their daughter, I think one was the grandma, one was the mom, and then one was the daughter. They came out of the elevators, which were directly in front of us. And we had seen these ladies earlier in the weekend. And for whatever reason, it was always in a situation where they looked at our food and they were like, ooh, what's that? <laughs> so uh, the mom said, okay, now where did you get that from? And my daughter goes, oh, this is Din Tai Fung because there's a Din Tai Fung restaurant attached also by Skyway to this hotel that we were staying in. And she goes, oh, well, we have a reservation there. They're from New Orleans, so they have this really thick accent. <laughs> and so they just kind of crashed our party. Like they sat down I love it. next to us and they were really just nice people. But I don't know if you've met anyone from New Orleans, but they're very loud and they're very <laughs> uh, boisterous, I guess, is the word I would use. Because she kept, the grandma sat right in front of me and she was talking to me. She was like, and how do you know her? She pointed to my daughter and I was, <laughs> most people know, like, she looks like a carbon copy of me. Yeah. So I was like, oh, she's my daughter. And she, I guess I didn't speak loudly enough for her because she was like, what's that? <laughs> like, she's my daughter. I'm her mom. <laughs> and so, she, and they, uh, evidently they thought that we were with the lady who was by herself sitting on uh, another couch, kind of in a different, she was far away. I don't know why they thought we were together. Yeah. My daughter goes, I think they were racist because <sighs> that lady was Asian and I look Asian and oh you get God. mistaken for Asian all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> I go, well, I don't know about that, but I could see, I could see maybe how that might work out and they asked this lady the asian lady that was sitting next or like off to the side where she was from and uh, i was like why did you ask that she's like and the, and the lady was like i'm from san francisco oh my <laughs> like God. i love you i love you that's amazing i'm from san francisco but it was kind of like a like i left there and i was like this had to have been a fever dream or like I was hallucinating somehow because then this lady, the the lady sitting by herself came over. She, and she heard the girls say that they were here for a dance convention. And so she turns on music on her phone and starts dancing like she's in a club right. and then proceeds to tell my aunt, she's like, Oh, because my aunt goes, Oh, are you married? You're here alone. Are you married? And she goes, Oh, my husband died. And my oh. aunt goes, oh, I, yeah, I lost my husband too last year. And I, it was just all such a strange happening <laughs> that I yeah. really don't even know if it really happened. 
unless it just sounds totally random yeah unless my daughter like came in here and corroborated my story I don't know (laughs) I don't know I just I had to tell that story though because I had such a horrible weekend like I just physically felt awful and all I wanted to do was go home and I felt really bad because I just maybe the lady was lonely and she just wanted someone to talk to and dance with but I don't know and that, but it's just weird. It just was weird. <laughs> yeah, it was overall just a strange, strange happening. Oh, um, so. <laughs> yes. So, and that's actually a really good segue. I know we didn't do song of the week yet. So should we do that really quick yeah. before we jump into the story? Okay. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't have one. So you go first and I'll see which one I want to choose. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't have one either. <laughs> okay okay wait no i'll pick one um so this is actually a song that i heard it like for the first time one of the first times like eric and i hung out after work we would sit in his truck and smoke a blunt and he played this song one time and now it's just kind of become a song that both of us love and we just play it all the time like on road trips like it's just a great song. So it's called Let's Do It Again by Jay Boog. It's like a reggae song. Um, and it's just really vibey. And yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of become like mine and my boyfriend's unofficial song. Like we've never actually talked about it, I guess. But in my head, it is. <laughs> I feel like if you were to play it, though, he he too would say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe. it's like, yeah, unofficial. And also there's a song that I thought you were talking about and I swear it's called the same thing let me look it up because it's one of my favorite songs oh my gosh if it's not the same song that's what your song should be that would be so good to have the same song with the same name um let's do it because yeah. I love that song so mine's the exact same title but it's by TLC oh okay yeah I was going to go with a, I'll, I'll save the song I was thinking of for next time because. Is that predictable? Like. I don't, uh, maybe. I don't think so because they have the same name, but TLC versus reggae. I don't know. That might be a little predictable. Uh, might be, Sorry, guys. That's just us. <laughs> well, I maybe think... it'll be more challenging this weekend. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I, if I you do... don't know what we're talking about, go follow us on Instagram right now. Yes, and we have um, interactive stories that we do where you can guess our song of the week. And um, we have interactive stories that follow our most of our episodes where you can um, just get in the conversation with us and have fun. We're right. at Underqualified Masters Pod on Instagram. Okay, I'm going to let you talk about this topic or introduce the topic. I was really, really excited to do this. I We actually were going to do it a few weeks ago, but we, you know, as you know, as our loyal listeners know, we tend to push topics aside for like, I don't know, other things. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, a, a few weeks ago, Sarah texted me and she was like, I don't know, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, I'm kind of into talking about the legalization of psychedelic mushrooms. And you didn't actually know that that was a thing. So this is really on brand. Um, and so Oregon, <laughs> Oregon became the first state 
in the U.S. to legalize psychedelic mushrooms. And this was in, like, 2020, I think. Um, But they actually, like, as a state, voted to make them, I I believe they're recreationally. It will be recreationally. It will be... um... When you apply for a license to, I guess, manufacture or sell mushrooms, um, psilocybin specifically is Mm -hmm. what we're talking about. Um, You have to have been an Oregon State resident for two years. So I think once they voted yes for this, so officially this will begin... I think we'll be able to see it on in the Oregon market January 2023. Which I think is so cool. Um, now, I have to ask, Sarah, have you ever done psychedelic mushrooms? I have not. Okay. I have a... Uh, but here's the funny thing. Um, something came up on my Twitter at some point during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it was a scale of microdosing and the effects of, so it was in, it, I, it intrigued me and I was like, okay, this looks really cool. And I was like, I really want to try this. Yeah. And my history with drugs is that I have an addict for a mom. Mm-hmm. She's, she's addicted to all kinds of drugs. She's dependent on alcohol. And so for a long time, I was very much like, absolutely not. I'm too scared that I'm going to become addicted. I'm predisposed. Um, But I think if we're talking about like a microdosing situation, I I don't really see that happening. Mm -hmm. And just reading into like the effects that it can, the positive effects from Mm -hmm. this is so enticing. Yeah, well, actually, if you didn't know, like a study, um, actually a couple studies have shown that psilocybin, (laughs) I can never say that. I know. Psilocybin therapy um, was really effective for depression, PTSD, and addiction. So actually psychedelics so psilocybin is literally just psychedelics it's like another word it the definition for it is a naturally occurring psychedelic pro-drug compound produced by more than 100 species of fungi it's basically just a psychedelic basically yes Yes. and and just i wanted to touch a little bit on the history um because obviously this is it's natural it's been used in for religious purposes and, you know, other cultural purposes for several, several years. Mm-hmm. Um, it made its big debut, I guess, in U.S. mainstream culture with the hippie movement in the 70s. As of 1970, it was considered. So the DEA has a scheduling system. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of narcotics are like schedule two, schedule three. It depends on how addictive it could be or potential abuse. They rate, they gauge it off of that. And we um, actually, um, we went into this on one of our earlier episodes. If anybody's interested in going back and listening to our cannabis episode, we actually did go into this, the class, the classing of drugs. Yes. Just And so in 1970, 
psilocybin or magic mushrooms or mushrooms or shrooms or however you want to say it were added into the schedule one category, which is also where cannabis is right now. Mm-hmm. And it means that there's a high potential abuse risk, but that there's no medical purpose for its use. Right. Which is a big topic of conversation with cannabis, because a lot of people believe that cannabis is absolutely class strong. Um, and I think mushrooms are too. Like, I don't know. I've done mushrooms and I don't feel like. I don't know. It's not like do mushrooms one time and then you're addicted to them for the rest of your life. You know, right, I feel right. like that's like a really intense <laughs> like view of mushrooms, I guess. But I will say, though, that that's that's the perception of people who yeah. just don't know. I, I had that perception forever because yeah. of my mom. I was just terrified. And then in the 90s, um, early 2000s, we see this whole movement of narcotic abuse. But the studies that I'm seeing of psilocybin, which were, you know, cut short once it moved into a schedule one drug. Since then, there's been a few studies that have been done and they're all saying that it's not as addictive as say opiates. Right. So that makes me feel a lot more comfortable. And I think I just have a lot more self-trust. Yeah. I trust myself that I'm not going to just like and I would also never inject something. So if it's an injectable drug, you will, I promise you that you will never see me do that. I will right. never do that. Yeah. So like I, um, I've dabbled in psychedelics and that's as far as I'll go. I've never, like, I've never done Molly. I've never, I, I guess, I mean, I've obviously taken opiates just if they were prescribed to me, but right. they never went further than that. Um, but I mean, I've dabbled in, in several different psychedelics and I feel like mushrooms was the safest for me. It's the only one I've done again, you know, after trying it for the first time as far as psychedelics go. It just felt the safest to me. It felt the most controlled to me. It, and it just kind of felt almost natural for me. Um, it didn't feel like something that is like a scary intense like drug but I didn't do it in high amounts I right more than like an eighth at a time but um I would love to know so you said you've dabbled in different psychedelics what else if you want to share have you yeah so um I've done acid and actually that's I got pregnant with my daughter when I was on acid which is (laughs) a great story but you know um it was very like an aphrodisiac for me um and I've done DMT which is um if you're not familiar with DMT it's like a naturally um it's a naturally occurring chemical that happens in your brain basically while you dream um and it can be recreated and so I've I've done that in a in a psychedelic sense and it kind of just I don't know it lasts a couple of minutes or at least that's all it did for me was last a couple of minutes and you just like relaxes your whole body and then you close your eyes for a few minutes and then it's over <laughs> wow you some, okay you close your eyes for a couple of minutes and you have some like cool visuals while your eyes are closed and it's like you don't feel anything much and then and then it's over <laughs> um i mean i've heard of people like doing dmt in higher 
doses where like they'll have like a 20 minute trip or it'll get like kind of intense but um i've heard of a lot of people having really beautiful experiences on dnd um too so i in my boyfriend himself and in his family they have used psychedelics and a lot of his siblings have i don't want to say a lot but a lot of his siblings have before um and i've just heard some amazing stories of these beautiful experiences that they've had um, that really impacted their mental health in a positive way. So um, I was no longer afraid of it because I used to be really afraid of psychedelics and stuff like that. Um, But hearing the stories from them, my boyfriend's really good about creating a safe space when our first date was actually doing mushrooms together. (laughs) Um, Because at work, I had expressed to him that I wanted to try it, but I never added a, a safe space to do it. And he told me I was always welcome to experiment like that at his home, that he would create a safe space for me and make sure that I stay safe, that he would stay sober if I wanted him to stay sober. Um, And then I just kind of took him up on it. And that's actually, I went over to his house that one night and we had a really beautiful experience. And, And I moved in with him the next day. And that was like our first date. And then now five years later, we're still thick as thieves <laughs> oh I love that story yeah, yeah I I do um I have a friend who was like so where does one get shrooms asking for a me and I was like yeah like, for she, me. yeah she was like let's try it I was like absolutely we were on the same we're on the same vibe or something because um I have actually the the thing that intrigued me the most is I saw that thing on Twitter um, a friend of mine posts well about a friend of mine that someone I follow um, and is an acquaintance posted it. And there was a news article actually that said, and I find this outrageous because I don't know it and I don't understand it, but they were microdosing using ketamine, oh, which, God. yeah, sounds that sounds wild to me. It sound, yeah, uh, and so I just, yeah, I was like, no, anything synthetic, I don't think I would ever do. I'm just really against that. Mm-hmm. But um, so when you said Oregon had legalized it, mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, yeah, I guess we're going down to Oregon. <laughs> yeah. So um, like at, at first it sounds really cool, but like the law doesn't actually like rec- legalize it recreationally like it does with cannabis. You know, it's still pretty controlled. Um, I, I think it right. I think it's only going to be sold in like micro dosing doses it will be um so i read somewhere that they're gonna do a tincture which i oh. how could you do a tincture in a micro dosing i don't know let me look because... it would be self it would have to be self-regulated at that point of how many drops you use with the tincture right it wouldn't you know you'd have to self-regulate how much you use but um that's cool yeah i I, like I said, I absolutely felt the safest with mushrooms. Anything else that I've done has, I'm, I mean, I'm LSD. I'm pretty sure that's pretty fucking synthetic. Um, and then it was obviously synthetic DMT. Um, so out of mushrooms, it, it was the safest and the cleanest that it ever felt. And that's the only one that I have gone back to. Right. Um, and, and I also am really aware of my mental health and I don't, ever do psychedelics if I'm in a bad place mentally I've and I feel like that's just kind of 
setting yourself up for failure. Like, not so much microdosing, but if you're, like, trying to trip and you're just kind of in a bad place mentally, I feel like you're sort of setting yourself up for failure with your trip there. Um, so anytime I've ever done psychedelics, I've always been 100% sure that I can m- mentally handle it. There's yeah. been several times where I've turned it down because I did not feel like I was in a place mentally where I could handle having a trip at that moment. Um, so it's something I think that you have to really, really be aware of where you're at and make sure that you're mentally and physically like ready for something like that because it's not I mean it's it's a drug still you know I'm uh, to be honest and it's it still can get intense and it if you're not ready for it it can get scary and if you're not in the right environment or around the right people that's not going to be safe for you I've always done it around my boyfriend and he's created a safe space for me um but again I would never go any further than that like I never if he was like, hey, I'll create a super space safe space for you to try meth, I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah, you know? right. Exactly. Like, um, psychedelics didn't scare me. And I trusted you, him. So have you ever had a bad trip on any? No. Okay. I've never I, had and I've, I've had tried a- to be like I said, and that's because I feel like I'm really aware of when I'm doing it and who I'm around when I'm doing it. Um, which can really, really, really impact your trip. Yeah, I I had a friend in high school who used to drop acid all the time um, and tell me about her bad trips, like the couch yeah. was trying to eat her or like, yeah. you know, and I was like, I, I'm not down with that. I think at one point, like, she saw the devil and thought the devil was trying to take her to hell. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking a lot. Like, yeah, I would never do psychedelics again after I experienced something like that. But I've never done enough to trip like that, though. Yeah. Like, uh, I've done enough to get some visuals of like, you know, maybe the co- the wall is turning a different color or it's like really cool to watch a fucking kids movie or, you know, like right. I've never like tripped like that fucking hard where like inanimate objects are talking to me. Right. I know people that have, but that's just not where I want to go with it um, personally. So uh, no, I've never had a bad trip, and if I did, I would probably never do it again. <laughs> would be yeah, I I agree. I, that would turn me off, and mm-hmm. I would be like, never again. Yeah. Uh, some of the things that I came across during this um, research, because I'm very excited, uh, it says that, <laughs> I, I guess it's possible because mushrooms kind of grow I guess wherever but they're regulating how things are how the mushrooms will be grown Mm -hmm. um it's like it's banned to be grown in dung I don't know why they have to say that but like I don't think that we're just gonna manufacturers will go out and be like I'm gonna grow mushrooms in dung but I think that's like a common way to grow mushrooms okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that makes they sense. Have to be like, uh, like they actually have to say it <laughs> um and they also there's a ban of it being grown in wood uh because there is a rare condition called wood lovers paralysis mm-hmm. that can happen um with some hallucinogenic hallucinogenic mushrooms that are consumed but what they're saying is they there's one i mean there's over 200 species of mushrooms that have psilocybin they're only 
legalizing one species and it's wood lovers paralysis evidently doesn't happen with that particular one so strain mm-hmm. yes yeah um there there are uh, different strains of psychedelic mushrooms similar to cannabis um and and it makes sense that they would regulate how they grow and they grow um they regulate how you make liquor and how you grow cannabis so it, it absolutely makes sense that they are regulating that and i'm sure it makes the people that are consuming feel a lot safer too i think that's really cool so um have you come across any type of like information on their testing product process like how are they gonna test are they gonna test in batches how are they gonna any have you come across any uh information on the production side of it i have yes uh so this is from an article on obp opb.org it's an organ um website and it says that they'll be batched and test each batch will be tested um so that you know if something if they had to recall it it can easily be recalled things like that they're not allowed to add anything into it whether it's alcohol cannabis or anything that increases or alters the potency Mm-hmm. Um, they will be testing for pesticides. They'll be testing potency, concentration, and presence of any metals like lead or mercury. Great. Uh, they will. Okay, it says that they're they refer to them as facilitators. I don't know what that means exactly. I think I read in another article that somebody has to sit with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't quote me on that because I don't know exactly but this person whoever is the facilitator has to have 120 hours of instruction Mm -hmm. covering the history of psilocybin safety of this Um, they just have to have like a deep knowledge of it so that we can ensure safety of people that will be potentially using this yeah so it's not going to be like you can go into like a dispensary and buy some mushrooms Um, I believe it will allow the mushrooms to be stored in and, and administered at licensed facilities. So it, I don't, you're not going to like go home and eat some mushrooms, unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, they're, they're really, this is really a step in the right direction for mental health. And that's really where they're going with it to try and to try and really help people. I mean, this right. is, this is really, it's not a drug that's, just being decriminalized it's a drug that is um helping thousands of people therapeutically so i'm all for it i think it's fucking great (laughs) yeah and i i do also want to touch a little bit i know we talked about the potential for abuse or risk of addiction to this and there's some numbers that i came across uh that i guess they weren't shocking but it's it's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, it says those who used psilocybin were also between 17% and 34% less likely to have to have experienced seven of the 11 symptoms of opioid dependence and abuse, um, which I don't, I tried to find what those 11 symptoms are, but I imagine, I don't know if it's like maybe withdrawal symptoms or something. Yeah. Um, and it says <laughs> it's okay i think i think we got my son screaming in the background it, it like it happened people we're 
we're parents. And Holly, you're in like this small space. So yeah, it's not like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, um, I'm seeing that the 11th, 11, so this is in the sense of like an alcohol disorder, um, an alcohol use disorder, but I imagine it's similar. These 11 symptoms, because it's talked about is uh, you drank more or longer than you meant to. You craved alcohol badly. You tried or wanted to drink less but couldn't. You gave up or cut back on activities you used to enjoy so you could drink instead. Spent a lot of time drinking or recovering from a hangover. Repeatedly placed yourself in risky situations during or after drinking. Had problems at home, work, or school because of drinking or hangovers. Continued to drink even when it negatively affected your personal and professional relationships. Kept drinking even though it made you feel anxious or sad. Had to drink more to feel the desired effect or felt much less of an effect from your unburges. Experienced shaking, restlessness, anxiousness, nausea, or other withdrawal signs when the effects of your drinks were off. So I imagine those are the 11 symptoms of like an addiction and that you could probably replace the word alcohol with drugs or mushrooms or what have you. Right, right, right. Um, thank you for that. And the, the other, the, the main, and it's highlighted, I don't know why I skipped over it. It says adults who have at some time in their life used psilocybin, a psychedelic sub- substance produced by some types of mushrooms, are 30% less likely to have opioid use disorder. But, you know, those kinds of numbers and statistics, I think, make someone like me feel a little more comfortable. And also yeah. just knowing that I'm an adult with a fully developed brain. Yeah, um, yeah. that's it, so important. I, I would never be supportive of, like, a kid trying to do psychedelics or, like, acid or mushroom. You know, like, I, you have to know what you're doing right right and you again you have to be in a situation where you feel safe you're with people that you trust Mm because one of my biggest things was like you know growing up in the movies you see like crack houses and it's like you just like mosey on in there as you know (laughs) joe schmo and they're like here take a hit or like let me inject you with this needle and like that's not safe and I'm right. not that I was ever hanging out with like too sketchy of people, but you know, there have been times in my life where I wonder how I'm alive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just, um, I did also want to experiment with Molly at one point. I just, the, the one thing I fear about Molly is that people have told me that the feeling that they get from it, um, that's the part that's highly addictive. It's like, then they don't want to come down because real life fucking sucks sometimes. So I think that goes back to what you were saying is you have to be in a right mental space. Yeah. Well, and you know, mushrooms, when you, you come down it, it can be kind of mushy. That's what we call it. Like a mushy brain. Um, It just feels a little mushy. You feel a little tired. You just, you're, you know, your serotonin and melatonin, all of that is just going to have to even out for a couple days after you do that. So, um, it, I mean, it's going to be a recovery period. It's not going to be a hangover. I, you know, the, since I've had kids, I've done mushrooms once or something. I think when somebody took my kids overnight or for a weekend and 
um, you know, I was able to go and like take care of my kids the next day. It wasn't anything like that, but it is like a, there's a recovery stage for sure where you're, you're coming down from it and you're evening back out all of your internal shit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, it, it was never too bad for me and it was always like, it's almost like a relaxing recovery. It's nothing like a hangover. Well, that's good. So, yeah. like, if I decided to do this on a Saturday, by Monday I would be Ready okay to, to go to work. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, take your multivitamins the next morning, you're good to fucking go. Right. And not <laughs> unlike wine for me. Yeah. Because I yeah. had a little bit of wine on a Friday night and I'm still like I'm dead tired. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I I hate drinking. I don't drink um, at all. And it's I just saw this shirt. Um, it says um, no I don't drink just drugs for me thanks. And I was like <laughs> pretty accurate for me because I'm like I hate alcohol. I do not drink. I don't like getting drunk. But if you pass me a joint, I'm all over it. <laughs> and I'm the total opposite. I mean, I will, I'll have, and I, I usually don't go over two drinks. Like I have friends that'll, they'll be like, okay, the waiter will be like, do you want a single or a double? And they're like double for sure every time. <laughs> but I'm like, no, I I know myself way too well Yeah. to know that if I start heavy, I'm either going to waste my money because I'm not going to finish the drink or I'm just not going to feel great the next day. But like I said, I don't know if it's just the way that my body metabolizes vodka and tequila, but I will be one hundo fine the next day. Yeah, I'm okay with tequila and um, rum. Vodka, I can't even drink. If I drink vodka, I'll like be white girl wasted in two drinks crying. Legit. <laughs> it's so bad. I do not drink vodka. <laughs> um, I, I just, I don't even remember the last time I've been drunk. Oh, I do. One time <laughs> I told my boyfriend, Eric, that I um, used to drink four those in college and he just thought it was super funny so he went and bought me a four loco from a gas station no and i was just i think we were coming back from like a birthday party and i was like a little buzz anyway so i was like fuck it and i drank this four loco and i was just so hammered i was and it was just me and eric like we weren't doing anything i was just fucking sitting in our house like drunk it sucked (laughs) i know drunk is like a different it's like it's so different than being high it's 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 quite literally the opposite because alcohol is a downer, but yeah. um, someone told me once that tequila is an upper and I don't know if I believe that or not. I'd have to do some research, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, I've had way too many blackout drunk nights. I've had way too many hangovers. I'm not the sprung little 21 year old I used to be. Yeah. And so I like a bad hangover can put me out for a couple days. Yeah. Um, but and yeah. when you have kids, that's a no go. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Especially kids your age. My kids now, I mean, they're kind of yeah old enough to kind of handle themselves. But yeah, when my kids were younger, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I need to be on my A game the next day. Yeah, my my mom always used to like be uncomfortable with me using cannabis. And then um, 
I remember like this so vividly on my sister's bachelorette party. I threw and planned it for her. Um, and, you know, I'm a good sister. So I just got her fucked up drunk. <laughs> um, and, but I didn't drink. I would like sit there and like hit my vape pen a couple times. And um, my sister, she was throwing up in the bathroom and I was like finishing watching the live band at the bar. It was pretty great. Um, <laughs> and I'd go into the bathroom and check on her and hit my vape pen a couple times and go back out and sit next to my mom and. Um, I was like, I just want to point out, I've been smoking weed all night and I am good to go right now. <laughs> Meanwhile, I kind of like looked at me and then the next morning my sister was fucking dead and I was like spry and ready to go like get my kids. And I was like, did you notice mom? Did you notice me this morning who smoked weed all night versus my sister who drank all night? Right. And then I, after that, she like mellowed out a lot. I actually has have gotten since my mom to try edibles, and she was like down for it. Um, she actually like held her edibles like a fucking champ, way better than my sister ever did. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm really, I'm really into edibles right now. Nice, I love yeah. it. I'm gonna try. Um, actually, I'm gonna try and make my own edibles because I made my own can of butter a long time ago from weed that I grew myself. Um, and so I have it in a freezer and I'm going to try and make cookies with it, I think next week. So I'll update Ooh. you on how that goes. <laughs> Cause yeah. last time I tried to make brownies and it was an epic fail and they tasted terrible and I didn't get high from them. And Eric said I cooked them on too high of a temp. So we're going to try again. <laughs> Maybe you should make that your story takeover. Yeah. I'll do it on my story takeover day. <laughs> yeah. That sounds really fun. Cool. And I have, so I have two, I have a week off and then I go back to another dance convention (laughs) again. (laughs) So I'm sure I'll have some fun stories to tell then. Yay. Well, I'm happy we actually got to record today, even though um, poor Eric, I have to give him a shout out because he, we ate in and out this morning for like an early lunch and he got so sick from it. He's just been like throwing up behind the trailer all day no oh i'm so sorry he's like having such a hard time and then i was like gonna go record bye (laughs) here's the kids so yeah such a trooper with these kids right now because he's so sick (laughs) oh well he's so supportive so go him um so yeah um Follow us on at Underqualified Masters Pod on Instagram. We also just started posting on our TikTok, which is at Underqualified Masters. Um, and yeah, get in the conversation with us. We want to hear from you. Have you tried any psychedelics? If so, what are they? How what was you your experience? About, how do you feel about the legalization in Oregon? Do you think it's something we should start doing all over the country slash world? What are your thoughts? We want to know. We want to know. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.